You're listening to a special episode of the Core Stories podcast. I'm Emily Bruff. Each week on Tuesdays, the Otter Creek ministers and staff take time to eat together. It's truly one of the best parts of the week. Occasionally, we have special guests who eat with us. Yesterday, one of our Shepherds, Kevin Colvett, as well as longtime member John Lee, brought their friend Samba Paul to chat with us. Samba has been instrumental in partnering with the Living Water Project in order to establish 49 wells across North Africa. I recorded our lunch conversation, and I know you'll find it inspiring. The Living Water Project started here at Otter Creek back in 2001. Uh, there was a, a, a guy here named Shannon Dickerson, uh, who I never met, um, but the first Sunday that Ginger and I visited uh, was the Sunday where they announced that Shannon Dickerson had passed away, um, which I think is is, is interesting. Um, he was only 2018. 28, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, was, he was one, he was... Uh, it's a lot more common now to have people, younger people, uh, have a, a, a broader view of the world and our place in it. Um, uh, but 20 years ago, it was it was a lot less common for people who were in their uh, just finished college to say, I want to take my education and I want to do something good in the world and, and try to help people out. Um, and so he, he uh, this was when when Google was brand new. Uh, and he evidently Googled, uh, you know, uh, things going on in the world and saw that that uh, a significant portion of the world didn't have access to clean water. And it just clicked with him that that's something that we can do something about. And so uh, uh, he decided that as a as he had found out that he had a terminal cancer, he decided that what he wanted to do was to leave a legacy of. I just I just want uh, one place in Africa to to have have water. So he in one in India and and he raised money for that. And uh, and that was at made in the streets and with another ministry that uh, uh, that some folks were involved in in India. And then uh, after he passed away, a bunch of his friends got together the next year and they said, this is a good thing. That just seems like a a, a good a, a good thing that Christians could do to help help out people in the world. And so they raised money again for uh, for another well in 2002, and and it, it may have been oh it got yeah it, it actually got drilled yeah. in four, and then in 2005 they did it again in 2006 maybe they did a, a couple of more and 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 it just started it started to get a little bit of traction, and uh, I guess flash forwarding to to now we just did our 510th project in different places around the world, um, and and what. Uh, I guess what what's unique is there's still some of the some of the DNA that was set up of uh, of we we want people to donate for clean water, but we want to make sure that every nickel that gets donated goes goes directly so people don't have to drink that right there, which is a picture I took of uh, water coming out of a well in uh, that people were using in Chad. Um, and, uh, and they were, this, this, Cole, this is what I want next Sunday. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, anyway, I I was telling Samba Paul last night that I was shooting this video and they were all, 
everybody, if you look closely at their faces, you can say that you can see they're all going. That white guy's the worst dancer I've ever seen in my life. What? Why? Why is he not dancing? And then I started dancing, and then they realized why I wasn't dancing. Um, but uh, but we've done uh, we've done uh, uh, 500 and some odd 510 projects since then, and uh, uh, and it's just been a uh, been a blessing to, to get to do that. When I say that we have done, that's a gross oversimplification of uh, of what's really going on. Uh, uh, we, John and I, could not walk into that village right there and do anything. Um, we have no credibility. We don't understand their culture. We don't speak Hausa uh, or any of the other six languages that you speak. Um, uh, we, we would not be able to do anything sustainable or probably anything uh, unsustainable uh, uh, in, a, in a place like that. And so we are very reliant, completely reliant on people on the ground uh, doing the work and spreading the gospel there in these, in these places that are just very, very different than, uh, than what we have. And the people that we minister to and minister with here at Otter Creek uh, it's just a, it's just a very very uh, uh, difficult set of circumstances for people to understand. Um, but we we partner with people like Pastor Samba Paul to uh, go to go to a village and to find a person of peace in that village and to study with that person and to work with uh, that person to set up a a committee to that could a what we would call a public works committee, uh, water committee, uh, made up of men and women uh, to take care of some infrastructure that that's going to be given to them uh, that they would maintain and uh, and have as a have as a blessing for them. So that's that's I guess the the short version of that wasn't so short of uh, of what Living Water has done and is still is still uh, doing today. But the reason. Uh, the, the reason that we can talk about it at Otter Creek and hang up pictures about it and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and say what's going on is because of uh, uh, people like Pastor Samba Paul and, uh, and a dozen other people like him that, uh, that are doing God's work uh, just because God t- has touched them to, to, to work in, in places like this. Difficult 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 places and dangerous 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 places uh but that that woman there she is uh she's god's child just like i am um god's her dad and uh and mine too so anyway that's that that's that's what we've uh that's what we've been doing but uh i thought it would be would be interesting to just just have a little bit of question and answer um and uh and and ask ask some questions about your ministry, there, there was Mike Runcie asked asked earlier, and we, we I thought it would be good if we talked about it here in this setting, of uh, just because everybody here works in ministry, everybody here is a minister to, to people. Um, but why are you a minister? When when did you say I'm going to be a minister? I'm not going to be uh, a uh, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a, an engineer. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a minister of the gospel. How did that happen? It is a good question. <laughs> the, how I became minister of the gospel. Yeah. I have the thing in my heart since I was young. 
I was a member of church like uh, you might think of a church like this one, but small church. I was a member. Whatever my pastor does, he will associate me with him while I was young. And he does things together with me. He loves me. So I big interest in the church working. Uh, when I got married, so they decided to send me to Bible school. So I said, yeah, I'm interested in the work of gospel. I went to the school, Bible school for three years. I finished my Bible school. They sent me to a village where I stayed only for seven months and they, they saw the need for some, somebody to come and teach in the school, uh, the same school I was trained from. And they re-brought me back to school. I started teaching. And I was teaching. I, I love teaching and preaching. That's my, my hobby. So when I was teaching, my interest is more about uh, the, the proclamation of the gospel. And this is how it started. So later on, I was put in charge of the um, our evangelism group team. Uh, I organized the crusades in the market, in the villages, with my team. And that's how I started. But later on, I've, I felt the need of going to further, further uh, studies. That I left Chad, I went to Nigeria, so I studied in Nigeria. And this is where I learned English, because in our country, the, the official language we study with it, uh, is um, French. And the language of communication is Arabic. So I went to Nigeria, I studied in Nigeria in French. That's where I learned my small friend, uh, English, what I'm using now. So talking of how I become minister, this is just like that, it started. So later on, when I was teaching, when I came back from my school, they met me a leader, a national leader of the church. I did that work for 10 years, more than 10 years. So now somebody else has taken over from me. I'm free now to engage fully in the mission work. And this is what I'm doing today. I become the head of the department of mission. So now there are people that are working with me. They, they do a lot of work after me, but I love to go out to see how people are living in the mission field, how they are planting churches, like just Kevin had said it. I'm, I sleep at, at in the bush under the trees, uh, on the bank rivers, bank rivers, just for gospel. So this is <laughs> my interest. So I love that. This is how I become the minister of the gospel. <clears throat> um, have I answered to the, the question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I like to, uh, when, 
one of the most meaningful days I've had in my life. John, John was uh, sick at the time in, in Chad, so uh, I didn't have to share any of this with, with him. Um, but uh, we visited several churches. I, I, I love, there, there's several photos like this that have kind of scrolled through. And, and I, like to, I like to tell people that this is a good picture of the church in Africa, and there's a building behind it. Um, and that's that's the way that it felt when we would go to these villages, is that they they didn't they didn't when we say church planting, um, I, I want to make sure that we understand what they are doing and how it may be different than than the image that you have in your mind or what what you may have seen in other other places. That it's not necessarily where we we train a preacher and they go to a place and they build a big brick and mortar church and they say everybody come come here come come to this place it's actually the opposite of that where they they go and they study the bible with people and they let the spirit work how the spirit works and maybe they build a grass hut and maybe they don't um, maybe they meet in people's houses um, and what they do is they just that they make disciples of other people and then those people make a second generation of disciples who make a third generation of disciples who make a fourth generation of disciples and what's going on in across North Africa not just in Chad but in Sierra Leone and Niger is you uh, and uh, and many other countries in Mali uh, it's the the gospel is spreading at such a fast rate um, this way through just the making of disciples and our tradition, our our church tradition, we like to tell ourselves that we are we are first century Christians, and I love that phrase. It, it got it's gotten overused and maybe abused in some in some senses, but we like to say we are first century Christians, with the premise being that that when Christianity was new, uh, people acted in a certain way, and they couldn't help themselves; they were just taken by it. Uh, when it was brand new and to see what a first century church looks like we have a living laboratory in North Africa right now where people are hearing the name Jesus Christ for the first time where a village is hearing about Jesus for the first time and the way that they react uh, they can't help themselves they they, it, they they become first century Christians in the very same way they're living out the book of Acts um, and they are uh, they are uh, making disciples of, of each other, um, and and I gotta say I I I don't know that there's the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things because God's gonna do what God's gonna do uh, 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 regardless, but I just feel like there's something to that in the world that we live in today um, about putting an emphasis on just making disciples of Jesus. Um, and, and letting the spirit work how the spirit's going to work and and uh, we just uh, we just have a lot to learn from what's what's happening with the with the gospel being uh, with the gospel spreading like it is where you are thank you to add to, add to that is uh, when we make disciples we have our uh, our traditional way of making disciples before we adopt this present program that is called DMM. So we have, we had our way to present gospel. 
today we are changing this paradigm to, to shifting this para, old paradigm to the new one that is we call it DMM that is from the final command ministries DMM we make disciples the reproductive disciples who can be able to make other disciples and with that we are going so fast that if I find my sister here my sister will find my brother here and we keep on going we tell them that this is DMM disciples making movement so the movement can keep on going it's not that if I got her she must come to church with me we'll stay here we become a big church necessary so we ask them to go make disciples they will make disciples so as today now some in, in in some places we are in the fourth generation church because the movement keeps on going so that is how we make disciples but for the church i have many to show them here maybe if we talk of a church you might have an idea of this big building for some of you that uh, did not see africa or any place other place than where you are staying you cannot understand when we talk of a church uh, we can present to you something like that we say this is a church we will not understand church is we gathering here <laughs> it's uh, necessarily a, a big building we talk of rabbit churches the elephant churches you are elephant. <laughs> we are rabbits. <laughs> so, so we make fun of that. We say, rabbits give birth uh, so fast, faster than <laughs> elephant. So we ask them to go. <laughs> to go and give birth to other disciples. And I can testify about my church, my denomination, uh, church denomination. As we are going fast, People will come and ask me, what is the secret? I say DMM. But DMM, what makes DMM stronger than other mission agencies? It is their joining hand with the access ministries, like Living Water Project, as I have told you where we were in the military. Where it is hostile, we will go. But we have our way to go to people. Yeah. As I will talk of dinner. Uh, day, I will show you our way to approach people. Here in our US, I, I, I saw people, people don't have time to greet people. They say, hello, good morning, and they went away. <laughs> no, we are not saying like that. Assalamu alaikum. When I go to Africa, mashallah. Things like that, we take time with them, just greeting, and they will be interested in you, interested in you. So we have our eye doing things. So with access ministry, more especially, I will talk of water project. Water ministry is a powerful one. We have so impact among communities, villages who are coming in faith with Jesus just because they have gotten this gift. <coughs> Somebody uh, have a, have a I could say one thing. question? So just but <laughs> to put a couple of numbers, uh, we're always amazed at the amount of work 
and the efficiency of our on-ground partners. And just to give you an idea, Sambhapal has overseen, uh, we, we are in regular communication, and he has overseen 49 new wells going in the ground in the last three years. So it's happening fast. I'm thinking, I, wouldn't, I don't even know 49 towns, you know, but it's amazing how they all, they are all so in touch with what's around them. Someone knows, yeah. yeah. He, he knows this, the Sahel region incredibly well. And that's when you look at the map of Africa, the, when Sahara turns into sub-Saharan, the band where it turns from brown to green is where all of this is happening, almost all of it. Um, and Sama knows the, this entire Sahel region incredibly well. So when we say he and others are going into areas and to villages that we would never even know about, that's what we're talking about, and and they're doing it, uh, and they're and they're they're having church planters establish relationships, and so part of what he's doing now is um, now that these forty nine wells are in the ground and there are more coming up, he is now going back and visiting every single village. In fact, he's gone back to all forty nine of them since the wells been drilled, and is reconnecting with the church and is checking to make sure that the well is being managed properly, and that there's proper oversight and that they're collecting money for repairs if needed, and they know who to go to. So there are multiple facets to all this. And again, it's an incredible amount of work, and we're always amazed at how it gets done. To learn more about the great work God is doing through the Living Water Project, go to livingwaterwells.org.